yo, yo, it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Hello, Overcomer Nation. Wow, am I excited about this guest today? Because let me tell you, I don't know about you, but I'm always grateful for our nation's troops, the ones that serve our country so that we can have this freedom that we enjoy so much. And today, I have the privilege and honor of speaking with Kyle Kozad. He was a pilot by trade in the Navy and retired as a two-star admiral. He has a book out called Relentless Positivity, Relentless Positivity. And I think that when Kyle shares his story, you're going to understand why he is the type of guy that you want to learn positivity from. So Kyle, welcome to the show. Hey, what, what an awesome show it is. And I appreciate you asking me to come on today, Travis. Oh, it's such an honor. Uh, thank you for your service and, and thank you for all you're doing afterwards. Absolutely. It's, you know, life is all about purpose. And, uh, um, you know, I was I, at the time I was a 32 year Navy veteran. I'd, you know, commanded at various levels. I was a squadron commander, uh, a wing commander, a group commander. Uh, I was the senior director in the White House Situation Room. Uh, I ended up being the, the, the task force commander in Guantanamo Bay, overseeing the detention operation. So, you know, just had a, a, a special career where I got to do a lot of cool things. And, you know, then uh, one moment changed my life forever. Uh, and for me, that happened on March 16th of, uh, of 2018. March 16th, 2018. Can you take us to that day? And tell I, us I can. So um, I was, uh, what, what would end up being my final assignment in the Navy? Uh, I was in Pensacola, Florida, where I currently live right now. Um, and uh, I was the commander of Naval Education and Training. So I was responsible for everything from Navy recruiting to all our boot camps, to the officer uh, uh, initial training sources, to enlisted technical training. So, you know, tons of scope of responsibility. I had about 50,000 people uh, that worked uh, for me. Um, and, you know, this was just another Friday night at home. We lived in a historic house. Uh, that the the Navy provided for us, and um, in that house it was built back in eighteen the early eighteen thirties, and so the steps were really steep and narrow, uh, and the handrail the banister uh, was pretty short. Um, I'm I'm six foot four, uh, and uh, I don't have precise recollection of exactly what happened, but you know as best I can piece it together, I was the last one uh, headed up to bed uh, up on our second floor, and uh, probably got up two or three steps, lost my balance, and tumbled over that banister, and as a result. Uh, suffered a spinal cord injury, T12 to L2. So um, completely lost feeling uh, below my waist. Uh, and, you know, if you can imagine, um, I, you know, I was stunned, I was dazed, I'm sure I was in shock and I couldn't figure out, you know, wh why can't I stand up? Why why can't I move? Why won't my, my legs respond? And, uh, uh, and that kind of started, uh, you know, the journey that I've been on for almost the last five years. Wow. You know, I, I always think of our our service men and women, much like athletes, right? They they really need they need their bodies, right? I mean, you know, it's like you know that we're making a living by serving our country, and you know, with all the different places that you've been and things that you've done for our country, uh, no doubt you were feeling the same way. Like, you know, what am I going to do now? You know, where you know, wake up and you're not feeling your legs. 
Um, so what was that like, you know, when you had that happen? So, you know, I, I can barely remember just, you know, my wife had to come down and call and, you know, she figured out pretty quickly that she needed to call 911. Uh, and I, I don't have much memory, uh, you know, went to the hospital uh, about midnight, uh, was in surgery the next morning, and it was about a seven hour surgery. And so by the time I came out of that, it was probably uh, Saturday evening at seven or eight o'clock. I was still groggy from, you know, medicine and uh, all the painkillers. And, um, it, you know, I knew pretty quickly that something's not right. I could, I, I knew that I couldn't move my legs. Uh, there was something completely different. It wasn't until the next day on Sunday when, you know, my neurosurgeon came in with my wife and, you know, kind of delivered his prognosis. He said that uh, uh, the uh, injury was much more severe than uh, the MRI had, had shown him. Uh, and he, you know, gave me the, the, the gut kick that uh, he never thought I would be able to get out of a wheelchair again. So, um, you know, pretty, pretty devastating. And, and, and you're right, up to that point, you know, I played basketball in in high school uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada, and went on to the Naval Academy, played for a little while. And so I'd always been fit. I'd always been athletic. I loved the outdoors, loved to fish, loved to hike. Uh, and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, that came to a screeching halt. And, you know, I, I can remember laying in bed there, you know, going through all these, you know, what's next? What do I need to do? I need to buy a van that accommodates a wheelchair. I need to, you know, go buy a house that's one story and, you know, life was completely different. How am I going to afford to, you know, take care of my family? Because I'm, you know, uh, married uh, to my wife of 37 years, uh, three adult children. So I, you know, I kind of went through all those, you know, what do I do now? Um, and that was the initial reaction. Wow. It's still, you know, a pretty good reaction considering the fact that, you know, you went right into thinking, you know, how will I handle this situation, which I'm sure your life prepared you for. Okay, you know, everything's hitting the fan. You know, what do we do? You know, how do we triage this situation? Still, did you see yourself ever at the time that this incident happened? Did you think that you'd never return to active duty again? Did you figure that, you know, your time in the service was done? Was that your first thought? You, you know, Absolutely. So when, when I was in the ICU, you know, I immediately, you know, tumbled into medical retirement. I, you know, I need to figure out how much money I'm going to make as a retired, you know, uh, um, 08 in the Navy. You know, is that going to be enough to sustain my family? So those were my initial thoughts. But, you know, I'll be honest with you, and this didn't happen for a few weeks. Uh, but, uh, you know, returning the military service, as crazy as that sounds, you know, was one of my North Stars. That was one of the things that motivated me and inspired me and, you know, pushed me to work harder and harder when I finally got into physical therapy uh, every day. Well, take us on that journey, if you would, because I'm sure that you probably had, uh, you know, maybe some senior officers or some people that would at least be in charge of your case that when you started having that for a North Star, maybe they were telling you that you were crazy or that that just wasn't going to happen or... Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, tell us a little bit about that journey, if you will. So would. the person that told me I was crazy was my wife, uh, initially, <laughs> because course. she was the first one I told. Um, and, you know, I, I, I started and, and remember the doctor told me I'd never stand up, I'd never get out of a wheelchair. Um, and so uh, I was I was in ICU for about seven or eight days, and then they transferred me to a local rehabilitation hospital where they had a pretty, pretty robust physical therapy, occupational therapy uh, floor. And it was probably my second or third day. So I'm still, you know, getting used to, you know, pushing a wheelchair and, um, you know, pretty uncomfortable still following the surgery. I had this 
uh, hardened shell uh, that kept my body mobile so that, uh, you know, all the, all the fusion would reoccur from the titanium that I wear in my back now. And on about the second day, uh, you know, they pushed me over to this machine and, it, you know, it's, it's almost like a lift. Um, I had a, a shoulder harness on, I had a waist belt on, I had things around my back and they pulled me, physically pulled me out of the chair. So it was like, you know, a big crane. Uh, and I had nothing to do with that. Physically, I, I, I did nothing. I was just along for the ride. Right. But, you know, it was kind of in that moment where I was standing again. I was, you know, I wasn't three foot nine in a wheelchair. I was six foot four again. Um, and, you know, I, I, I immediately said, the doctor can't predict everything. You know, he's a smart guy. He's, he's seen a lot of these, but he doesn't know, you know, how tough a person is. He doesn't know what your heart's like. Uh, and, and that was my motivation. We went back to, you know, my hospital room that night and I told my wife, I said, I want to go back. I want to, I want to resume active duty as long as they'll let me. And she, she kind of gave me the, yeah, that's nice, dear. Uh, you, you, you probably need to have some more pain meds and get to sleep. Um, but that, that truly became the North Star for me. Um, and I, I had several elements of, uh, of inspiration and motivation. Uh, and the first one was my family. You know, I never wanted to let my family down. I, I made mistakes in life, but, you know, I always wanted to rebound back. And this was one of them where, you know, I, I didn't want to let them down. Uh, and, you know, my wife uh, um, is, it has been my biggest supporter, advocate, nurse, uh, you name it, she does it for me. Uh, but uh, um, I have a son who's also a pilot in the Navy, and he was getting oh, ready to go on his father. Yep, yep, pilot, yep. pilot like that. Okay, all right. He and he, you know he knew he wanted to fly since he was a little tiny guy. But um, he was in Pensacola uh, two days after my accident, uh, and he was he visited me at the hospital, and you know he was pretty shaken up, as you can imagine. You know, it, this impacts, you know, not just the, the person who was injured, but the entire, you know, family and friends and network. Um, but uh, he was supposed to go on his very first deployment. So uh, fly his helicopter on board a ship and he'd be gone for seven or eight months. And he told my wife, um, I'm going to see if I can stay behind, if I can stay behind for a couple weeks uh, and just help out. And she said, no, there's nothing you can do right now. Uh, I need you to, you know, go on deployment, do the job you were trained to do. Uh, be safe, be smart. And when you come back in seven months, your dad's going to walk across the ramp to greet you. And, wow. I, you know, I, I'm sitting there listening to her. So, yeah, no pressure like, you know, the pressure of a mom who just overpromised, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But she's a good woman. I can tell already, you know, first she tells you she's crazy and then she becomes <laughs> you're crazy and then she becomes your biggest supporter and lays down a challenge like that. Wow. Um, okay, so tell us about that journey, that, that little challenge you got. Yeah, and, and so that, that kind of got us into, you know, physical therapy. So, you know, we started off in, you know, that simple stand uh, in that, you know, really clunky device. Uh, before you knew it, you know, several days later, I was able to stand on a walker. So uh, with help, they'd pull me up and I'd stand on a walker. And, um, and you know, I was just like a two-year-old kid. I had to relearn the mechanics of walking. And, you know, not only did I have to relearn the mechanics of walking, so things we take for granted, like, you know, you, you shift your hip and the weight moves and you move this leg forward. Don't remember, I don't have any feeling. Um, and so trying to put all those things together, but you know, before you know it, I, I was able to stand up on my own from a wheelchair on a walker. Uh, and then I'd take three steps and I was just exhausted and I'd sit back down. Uh, and, you know, I'm, you know, back to that type A athlete, all, all pilots uh, are type A. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'll figure this out on my own. Uh, and, and, you know, I think there's a bit of stubborn in there as well. And so every time I would do a different 
physical therapy session and we'd walk, I wanted to walk at least one more step than I did the session prior. So five steps turned into 15, 15 turned into 50, 50 turned into 100. And, uh, you know, before you know it, I was I was walking um, fairly comfortably, uh, really, really fatiguing for me, but still able to do what the doctor told me and I'd never be able to do. And flash forward uh, almost eight months later in November of that year, uh, my son flew back and he was uh, stationed at Naval Air Station Jacksonville, flew his helicopter back from his very first deployment. And uh, I was able to walk, uh, you know, it, it felt like it was 100 miles, uh, but it was probably 100 yards. So I walked out to his helicopter and, uh, you know, gave him a hug and um, I go out and do, uh, you know, kind of motivated, motivational speaking, inspirational speaking. And, you know, that's one of the pictures I have at the very end. And, you know, it's, you know, when, when, when we overcome, you know, you got to have that goal for yourself. You got to have something that, you know, pushes you to do, you know, one thing better than you did yesterday. And for me, that was a, a big part of that. Right. And nothing more motivating than our wife and children. Let me ask you, at first, when you're using that walker, I'm sure that, you know, the only thing you could feel is your upper body trying to hold your entire body up, right? Was there a moment when you felt, wait a second, I, I feel my my legs are, you know, uh, taking some support now, you know, I, I'm feeling something here. Um, not, yeah, not, not so much, you know, feeling. Uh, I, I think it's just more muscle memory, if you will. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're a pitcher in baseball, you know, you want every pitch to feel the same. If you're a, a basketball player, every time you shoot a free throw, the great free throw shooters do the same thing time after time. And I think I was just able through some really good physical therapy work um, and physical therapists just to be able to teach my body how to move the weight, how to shift the weight. And, you know, every now and then I'll, I'll drag a toe or I'll, I'll stumble or I'll do something. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I use that walker and it, it's still, you know, it's very fatiguing because everything is, you know, I get tired in my shoulders when I go walking. Um, and, you know, I do that for limited, uh, limited distances. I can, you know, use a walker all around the house. Uh, I get out, I drive a pickup uh, truck with hand controls. I walk uh, in, and, in and around work now at uh, the National Naval Aviation Museum uh, where I'm employed. So um, it's about as normal as you can get. And certainly, you know, I, I call it the battle of my life. And, uh, you know, so far I think I'm winning. Yeah, you are. You're for sure winning. I gotta, I gotta ask the doctor that said that you know you'd never be able to do the things that you're doing today. I'm always curious, um, you know, what they have to say. You know, we got the indomitable human spirit, this this drive, this overcoming. Um, when we shock them, uh, you know, what did your doctor say? Well, he he was my biggest fan, and you know, he said I, I have never been so happy to be wrong in my life. And you know, he 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 kind of confided. He said, "Hey, we go to school for a long, long time. We have practical experience, and we can compare you from the last guy we saw with a very similar injury." But he said, "The thing that we can't gauge, you know, is is how tough you are, how much grit you have, uh, and how much heart you have." And you know, I, I think being an overcomer is is more about your your mental agility, your your willingness to say. Hey, I'm not going to give up. And, you know, that's one thing that, you know, I've adopted a motto is people are really quick to tell me what they think I can't do. Uh, and so I refuse to accept that. What Instead, I'm going to show them what I can do, uh, you know, through my heart, through my actions. And uh, uh, and that, that gives a, a pretty good sense of uh, uh, satisfaction. And then, you know, some might call it motivation for themselves or uh, inspiration for themselves on how they overcome their own circumstance. Love it. Love it. 
So, you know, you're able to overcome, you're able to do what the doctor said you couldn't, you know, he's happy, he's wrong, your wife's your biggest fan, uh, your son gets to see you walk across uh, 100 yards to greet him when he comes back from deployment. And, and, you know, at what point in this journey did you decide, you know what, uh, not, you know, I believe this, and I don't know about you, Cal, but this is my thinking, that we don't go through anything significant unless it's to be a benefit to others. So whatever, you know, somehow life got us into or we got ourselves into, when it's significant, there comes a point where you're like, okay, I went through this so that somehow it could benefit others. Uh, at what point did you decide that? So so there were, there were I think, two kind of um, examples that I can point to, Travis. And, and, you know, what you're talking about is purpose. Uh, yeah. and, and, and I realize that, you know, I asked myself, um, you know, really early in the hospital is, you know, do I just lay in bed, feel sorry for myself? And, you know, it would have been easy to, you know, lay in bed for 18 hours a day, watch ESPN and, you know, ask why me, what was me? Um, but instead, you know, I, I kind of leaned on my faith and said, there's got to be a purpose in this. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the first thing I did was I went back to work and I, I did. I was uh, I was absolutely a, a unicorn, if you will, um, returned to full duty. Uh, there was an article that was written about me and they titled it The Admiral Who Leads from Wheelchair. So, you know, I was definitely a one of a kind. But, you know, the Navy kept me not for my mobility, but, you know, at that point in my career, you know, what I had here, uh, I, I thought I think I was pretty smart. I was effective at what I did, but also, you know, what I had in here, my heart. Uh, so, you know, what you got in your head, what you have in your heart, uh, and that gave me kind of an initial platform to get out there and, you know, demonstrate to others that uh, hey, a disability is is not the end of the world. A disability is just a new ability that you have to figure out how to deal with. Um, and so, you know, that was one platform that I said, hey, this is some purpose here. The, the other piece to that was um, probably in, in the early spring following my accident, so uh, seven or eight months later, um, I, I was invited to do some uh, adaptive sports, to introduction to adaptive sports with the Navy's Wounded Warrior Program. And, and so I tried it. Uh, it was nice. It was cool. You know, uh, and I ended up trying out for the Navy Wounded Warrior team that, uh, you know, eventually went on to Tampa for the DOD Warrior Games. And, you know, I, I made the team. I was one of 50 uh, uh, seriously ill or wounded uh, or injured athletes uh, and uh, went down to Tampa. And, and that time allowed me to meet other folks who had, you know, similar significant disabilities or recovering from illnesses. Uh, and, you know, I, I mean, immediately that, that snapped with me as, hey, I can, I can talk to other people going through what I went to because it was so, it was so therapeutic, encouraging for me to talk to other people who have been through this. I said, I, that, that's my purpose. And so I started doing that. And I did that through the Navy Wounded Warrior Program. And, you know, to this day, I've probably got, you know, two or three dozen individuals that I reach out to, they reach out to me, and it's kind of the, the buddy check program. But, wow. you know, just to share my story. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what that turned into a few years later was, hey, I really think from a purpose perspective, uh, and, you know, somebody twisted my arm and, you know, took a, a little journal that I had done for my family and said, you need to write a book about this. And so, you know, hopefully the, the purpose has turned into impacting thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people through relentless positivity, as opposed to just being able to do kind of the one-on-one -on -one mentoring stuff that I was doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and let me ask you, you know, you mentioned, you know, I, I kind of leaned on my faith and I found my purpose. How important uh, was your faith during this process, you know, of 
believing for a miracle and you know working towards one as well because faith without works right we know that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it, it was it was super super important and it was um you know it was it was more i don't i don't need to understand why um but i want to i want to understand you know help push me don't let me quit don't let me give up uh don't let me feel sorry for myself and you know kind of open that door that shows me the next the next step, the next purpose, if you will. And, and, you know, that was really important. It was funny. I had, uh, um, I was still in the ICU and, you know, as you can imagine, I, they had like 75 different meds that I was on and, you know, I kind of a curious guy. And, uh, as the nurse has given me each one of these things, this is a pain, uh, killer. This is a, you know, a blood thinner. This is a, this, that, and the other. And she gave me, uh, an antidepressant. And I said, well, you know, what, what's, I don't understand that. She said, well, quite honestly, um, you're in a position where a lot of times, you know, people will become super, super depressed and they'll go into dark places and, you know, we, you know, we have to worry about self-harm. Uh, and, you know, th that was kind of one of those light bulb moments for me that, hey, hey, you don't have to worry about this. I feel like I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've been given another chance. I've been given a new platform. And, you know, I, I think I'm starting to see what that next purpose is. And so um, my faith was a real important part of that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow, I didn't even think about how, of course, people in those situations, they feel hopeless and may even want to take their life. But I didn't even think that that would be part of the normal prescription right there to just yeah. get antidepressant anti right away. And so at some point you said, you know, with this journal, I, I got this relentless positivity book, you know, I mean, it's a great title, great title. And, and, and what's behind that title? You know, where did it come from? What were you thinking? So it was a good friend um, who, who actually works with me. So right now I'm the president and the CEO of the Naval Aviation Museum Foundation. So we're a nonprofit that supports the National Naval Aviation Museum in Pensacola. Uh, and uh, we would host a group of prospective commanding officers. So uh, young men and women in their mid-30s who are about to head off and, you know, lead their own squadron for the very first time. And I would host them as a senior guy in base uh, over at our historic house. And you know, that didn't stop. Once I was back home and uh, I could finally make it back into the house, we would have those folks over. And, you know, whether I was in a wheelchair or a walker, you know, I'd, I'd talk to them a little about, you know, leadership. I'd talk to them about my journey and, um, you know, what's really important perspective. Uh, and, uh, and the director of the museum said, you know, you have got this amazing, he goes, you're just relentlessly positive. Uh, and so I flipped that around when you know, somebody convinced me that, hey, you can reach a lot more people than the two or three dozen that you're doing individual, you know, mentoring and, and talking with. Uh, and so I took this journal that started when I was in the hospital. And, you know, one of my therapists has said, hey, just keep this because, you know, this is good for your kids to understand what motivated you and, you know, what was hard, what was different. And um, took that and, and really expanded it. And so in the book, I, you know, talk about some of my career. I talk about, you know, growing up a skinny kid in Las Vegas, Nevada, and, uh, you know, having a dad who was from the School of Medicine where uh, it doesn't matter what's wrong with you, you just rub a little dirt on it and get back in. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, you know, my spinal cord injury wasn't something that I could rub dirt on uh, and bounce. But uh, that certainly was, you know, part of the character that uh, shaped from an early time. Yeah, taking taking all the hard knocks in life and and saying, you know, what's the gift in this? You know, uh, that, that's such a great attitude. What would you hope that people get from the book? Like as far as, you know, top lessons or top inspiration or, you know, what's what's your hope with it? 
So somebody asked me when I originally wrote this, you know, who's the target audience? Is it for the disabled community? Is it for military veterans? And you know, I, I didn't have to think too long and too hard about that. I think it's for everybody because, you know, it, it doesn't matter who you are or where you are or where you are in life. Everybody has, and I'll call them circumstances. So for me, it was a spinal cord injury. For others, uh, you know, it's drug abuse. Uh, for even others, it's, you know, financial hardships, it's a relationship issue, or just something as simple as, boy, I didn't get the job I wanted. So, you know, hopefully this book kind of, it, it's not prescriptive. It's not a cookbook for one, two, three, do this, and you'll become, you know, wealthy, or you'll become whatever. But, you know, hopefully by telling my story, uh, it will give folks either the motivation uh, or the inspiration to say, hey, I got this, I can do this, I can I can overcome what my circumstance is in life right now. Yeah. You know, I, I had a cousin and uh, he's gone now, but he had a lot of brain surgeries and, and, you know, I'd go play chess with him afterwards. And I, I'd ask him, I was like, you know, how do you, uh, how do you always find the strength to try to just get yourself back to the best health that you can? And, and he says, you know, and he, and he talked like he had marbles in his mouth at the time. And uh, cause you know, it affects your speech when they're cutting out yeah. parts of your brain and, he says, no matter how bad you got it, somebody's got it worse. And, you know, it's uh, for people to be able to read your story when maybe they did just lose a job or they didn't get the job that they wanted or whatever the case might be. And to say, what do you do when you meet with uh, adversity or a disaster in your life? Do you uh, do you meet it head on? And do you do you face face down that dragon? Right. You know, yeah. or, that's what you've done. And, and that's where I agree with you. It, it is for everybody because whatever you're going through, you know, in that moment, I said, boy, when my cousin could say that, I, I should always be able to say that then, right? You know, and uh, I just think it, you know, Admiral, it's admirable, uh, everything that you've done, you know, so fantastic. And, and uh, what have you uh, been able to do as far as inspiring uh, other soldiers? I, I know you've done some mentoring and things like that. You know, how's that? It, it, it's great. And, you know, I've got folks who uh, uh, have worked for me. You know, I had, I had a pretty large sphere of influence. And, uh, um, you know, probably the most recent was uh, a young kid. Uh, he was an Air Force special operator uh, and he broke his neck um, recreational accident uh, while he was going through our uh, uh, EOD, Explosive Ordnance Device uh, School uh, down in Panama Beach. Um, and as soon as I heard about it, I said, oh, man, this guy has got something exactly like I've got. So I connected with him. Uh, and it's really just the, hey, I, I know what you're going through. Uh, and, and I can say that because people would tell me that in the hospital, nurses, hey, I know what you're going through. And I would always think to myself, hey, that's sweet to say. Um, but until you've been through this, you really don't know. You don't know the, the emotional, the psychological, the physical part of it. And so, you know, I kind of felt like I had, you know, a, a little bit of street cred when it comes to talking to people about this. And so, you know, I kind of mentored him along uh, and uh, there were, you know, he, he was, uh, he wasn't married. Uh, and so my wife, Amy, uh, talked to his mother as well. And, you know, we just gave advice on, hey, here's a resource that we weren't aware of, you know, do this, stay positive here. Uh, and, you know, as a result, this young man has, you know, gotten involved with uh, adaptive sports. He's playing wheelchair rugby now. Uh, he lives uh, just a couple, couple hours north of where we live right now. And so it's, life's all about relationships. And, you know, I, I think that was one of the things that was really important for me was, 
Um, I didn't have to go through this by myself. And, you know, I'm a big believer in you got to create a, a network, a relationship, you know, where you've got other folks that you can confide in, that you can talk to, whether that's a spouse, a, a parent, or just close friends, you know, who are willing to listen to you. And I think that makes the world a difference when, uh, you know, in, you're in the world of being an overcomer. Yeah. And, you know, that's such an important belief, but I don't think that everybody sees the world as you do. And I think more people should because you understand the importance of these relationships. So when you see somebody, oh, this guy just suffered a neck injury, my neck, your immediate response is, okay, I need to reach out because that's my purpose. You know, what would you say to other people that have faced certain adversities in life about how they might find a purpose in it and, and you know, maybe discover who they should be connecting with, you know, because I, I think that there's, I think you're onto a certain recipe there that could really change the whole world. <laughs> you know, we talk about a book that'll change the world. I mean, yes, absolutely. This book is for everybody and your attitude is for everybody. Yeah, I guess what I would say is, uh, you know, when, when I first got, so I was discharged from the hospital and, you know, I was in a wheelchair. Um, and so think about that again, back to the, I was the senior guy uh, on the base. Everybody looked up to me. Uh, you know, I had tons of responsibility and, and now I was very different. You know, for the first time in my life, I had to rely on other people. I, you know, for a while, I couldn't even roll over in bed by myself. Uh, and so, you know, that, that reliance and, and, you know, realizing that it's okay to say, hey, can you help me do this? Can you help me do that? And, and I think that really led to the, yeah, there's a story to tell. Everybody has a story to tell. Everybody can encourage somebody. And um, my my wife wrote the very last chapter in our book, uh, and, and I consider it our book. And, you know, there's a story about a young kid who, uh, um, you know, was getting ready to uh, drop out of flight school because it was too hard. Uh, and he would he happened to be in the officer's club happy hour uh, the very first day I came back in. So, you know, here I am in a wheelchair for the first time, somewhat uncomfortable being out in public. Uh, and here are all my friends, people who knew me, people who didn't know me. And, you know, I get this standing ovation. And I'm like, well, I, I haven't even done anything, man. I'm not even pushing my own chair. But, you know, this kid watched me through a series of time. And, you know, he had talked to my wife and, you know, finally got to a point where, you know, he earned his wings and he confided in her that, you know, I was, I was going to quit. And when I saw this guy come in and everything that he was going through, uh, and how there was no quit in him, that inspired him to continue on, to work hard, put the hard work in and, and, and just move on. So I think we all have the ability, you know, to inspire others. And a lot of times you don't even know you're doing it through your actions. Yeah, if you're willing to put yourself out there and let yourself be seen in a vulnerable state, you don't know who will be inspired by it, right? Because you didn't have to return to active duty. You didn't have to go into a room where you couldn't even push yourself into Sometimes there's just such great strength and inspiration in those that are willing to be humble. Yeah, you know, just say, okay, I'm going to need help and I'm going to have to ask for it and I'm going to go for it because you don't know who's watching. I, I just, such a great story. Such a great story. Now, uh, there's the book and then there's other things that you're doing. You mentioned speaking earlier. And so, you know, what, what, is, the, what is the path to impact with your purpose right now? Yeah. So, um, so, so the book is available on Amazon. It's also available at our store. And, um, you know, one, one thing, you know, people ask me, and, and you can get it at navalaviation.com. And 100% of the proceeds um, go back to our museum foundation, to the nonprofit, so we can continue to tell the story of naval aviation. And, you know, one of the things that was important to me was, um, 
you know, I, I don't know if I was born tough. I don't know if I was born resilient and gritty, but naval aviation sure as heck made me that way. You know, I, you didn't have a choice. You had to stand up there and, uh, you know, whether if every time I'd go on a mission, something would change and you had to adapt and overcome. And so, you know, I thought what, what a great way to give back to, you know, kind of the community, the family, if you will, uh, that really nurtured me along for 35 years and, you know, to give all the proceeds to the museum. But, um, you know, the other thing that I've I've started doing and, you know, in, in my last few jobs, I, I spoke publicly a lot, but, you know, now I just have a chance to, you know, go out and tell my story. I went to uh, uh, Atlanta a few months ago and, and, and this was where it really latched on. And, you know, you and I used the words inspiration, which is still uncomfortable. I don't like to think of myself as inspirational, um, but, you know, if you do, then, then that's okay. But um, I was able to tell my story and, you know, I, I go out and I talk for about 35 or 40 minutes. I talk about my career and I've just got a, a, a slide deck of, you know, simple pictures, images off my iPhone, you know, that kind of walk through my process. And, uh, you know, I finish up with, you know, that last picture of my son, Dan and I, you know, giving a big, uh, you know, bro hug on the, on the flight line. Uh, and, you know, I, I spoke to about 250 people in Atlanta uh, at, uh, you know, one, one large organization. And, you know, when I was, I was done, uh, my wife was crying. She was in the front row because uh, she sees that picture and it just makes her emotional. Everybody stood up and, and you know, standing ovation. And, you know, it was, it was almost embarrassing. But, you know, I said to myself, maybe there's a connection here. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken at a few uh, colleges and universities, graduations, try to tell, you know, tie my story into anything that I do. So um, more than happy to do, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, corporate type speaking, uh, inspirational speaking. And, you know, it, it's nothing special. It's just about uh, an old guy who got hurt in his house. Yeah. And, and I definitely have to define you as inspirational. Inspirational has come to mean something different to me and, and only in recent years. When we're inspired, we're in spirit. And when you were in that hospital, you quickly got connected to your faith and said, what's the purpose in this for me? Realizing that there was a purpose that you were created for, the unchangeable you. <laughs> that that what, Who am I going to be when I'm in spirit, when I'm moving as this eternal me that's meant to, to make an impact on this planet as I go through it? Um, you know, it's your your spiritual being having a human experience, and you know your human experience came to a point and purpose. And uh, how do people book you for these events? How do they uh, how do they do that? So, so they can contact me directly. I'm on Instagram, uh, Rear Admiral Casey. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I get uh, some invitations that way. Just Kyle uh, Kozad uh, at LinkedIn, and that's probably the easiest and best way. My email address is about as long as my right arm, so uh, that's probably a little more difficult. Okay. Well, we'll put it all in the show notes for sure. Uh, any final words on overcoming for our audience? No, I, I think this is, you know, you, you watch the evening news nowadays. Uh, and, you know, I, I wish our country uh, was focused more on overcoming adversity than it just feels like we create adversity. Uh, we have all got that within us. And, and you know, whether it's a story you see on the news or uh, like we talked about your personal circumstances in your life, you know, we all have something that we can overcome. And it's just having the right mental frame of mind, having the right spirit, the right soul uh, to be able to take those things head on uh, and uh, improve uh, your proverbial doctor wrong. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, there's so much that can be learned from you today. You know, whether it's even taking time to journal, you know, whether it's taking time to challenge your perspective in an adverse situation, um, you know, just 
not taking the bad news. And, and today, I hope that all of our listeners and Overcomer Nation that, you know, we are talking about the good news today. We're talking about the inspiration, the motivation, take from it what you will in your situation and challenge yourself to have the kind of perspective that Kyle did in his. Admiral, thank you so much for being on the show today. Travis, thank you and uh, Overcomer Nation. Uh, it's been an honor to be here today. And uh, I, I do, I love your message. I love what you're doing. So keep up the great work. Uh, thank you. We will. Thanks for listening, Overcomer Nation. Make sure if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content. That's right. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, go to overcomers-podcast.com. If you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333, then go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And finally, if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching, go to travisbarnes.com. Yeah!